And welcome back to the Stellar Seller Podcast. My name is Glenn Enos Jr. And uh, we're back here with episode three. This is going to be a draft recap. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host is uh, he's compromised at the moment. He, uh, he had a rough night. He drafted his team. He saw how shitty it was. And then he just got fucking drunk. And right now it's uh, 3.28 a.m. And he has passed out on the futon next to me. We're live here in Stamford, Connecticut at uh, the lovely home of our league champion that we uh, we care so much about, Jake Fryer. He's right sitting right next to me. He's going to be a guest on this podcast doing the draft recap. Jake, how you doing? Hey, you know what? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Happy to be uh Sitting in as the guest where Susie used to be, I feel like I'm definitely a step up. See, but the thing is, fucking Souza is still a guest on this goddamn show. And it's an embarrassment for the How show. How is everyone doing tonight? I am back. Susan, glad to be back. We've had three episodes. One of them got fucking lost. And you've been a guest on all three. You how about this? The right person, the right no, person, how about right this? Time. How about you cut the fucking shit already? And say, listen, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna be a host on this show. Uh, we'll see. The, week, the season hasn't even started yet. Keep the power in your hands. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what thing. I'll tell you one thing. Even though you're a guest, you're a better co-host than this piece of shit that's behind me. I'm passed out right drunk. Um, Mason Boyd, my co-host, is gone. I've never seen three beers do something to someone that quick. Honestly, it's. It's embarrassing. I, I feel bad. Because this guy, not only, you know, he was last placed in our league last year. He comes back this year and drafts a shit team and then gets fucking hammered. Dog shit. And then just passes out as we're trying to record a podcast. What's the name of his team again? Uh, it's called the Walmart Carrot Waxers. Must be pretty personal. We're going to... We're going to leave that to the audience's interpretation because we know the story behind it. Alshon Jeffrey round one, right? Is that what he did? No. <laughs> but he did draft Alshon Jeffrey. And the thing is, we're going to go through our draft and recap on it. Um, obviously, we're in a 14-man league, half-point PPR. So, basically, we gave you draft tips before in the last episode. We're going to go through this episode recapping our draft. And the thing is, I mean, you're going to have your own league. But this is our league. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about me, my guest Souza, my guest defending league champion Jake Fryer, as much as it pains me to say that, and even the passed out, drunk, incapacitated Mason Boy. We're going to talk about his team. We're going to talk about teams throughout the league, picks that we like, picks that we didn't really care for. Um, so let's just start it. But first, like I said, Jake Fryer is a new guest on our team. So, Jake, why don't you tell, you, tell us a little bit about yourself and your fantasy football history. Mm. So I started with this league about six years ago now. I had no idea what I was doing. And then about two or three years later, kind of caught the drift and have done all right in our league. And last year, I was lucky enough to kick Glenn's ass in the championship. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> because, listen, anybody who had Todd fucking Gurley was going to win their league, and you just so happened to have him. I picked him number 20. It was a good pick. Yeah, I guess so, because in the playoffs, he was just a fucking man among boys. 
He went off every single week. So you admit your team is boys, and my team is men. No, my team, my team was like teenagers, <laughs> and Todd Gurley was a fucking sixty-year-old football guru. Well, let's, let's not forget the other common player on fantasy championship teams was Alvin Kamara. Did I have him? You did have. Him. Oh, I did. You know what, Jake? This might be the first and last time we have you as a guest. Cause <laughs> fucking five minutes into this podcast, you're already pissing me off. Let's make it count. All right. We're about 16 beers deep. So bear with us here. We're going to give you a little draft recap. So our draft was at 8 o'clock earlier, September 1st, Saturday night. Yesterday. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, September 2nd, which means the NFL season is four days away. Falcons, Eagles. I couldn't think of a shittier way to open up the season than watching the stupid-ass Eagles defending Super Bowl champs against the stupid Falcons and Matt Ryan and everything he stands for. Best team in the NFC East versus a good team in the NFC South, right? No, not right. Matt Ryan sucks. His MVP year was a fluke. I had him last year for a little bit because I needed a quarterback, and he sucked. And I'm never picking him again. And I didn't today in this draft, as it proves. But it gets better, okay? Because last night we had our draft. And an hour before the draft, the draft order came out. And I realized I had the first overall pick in the draft. And we talked about this. We said, what would we do if we had the first overall pick? Who would we draft? We talked about Le'Veon Bell. We talked about Todd Gurley. We talked about David Johnson. We talked about Zeke, Antonio Brown. And ladies and gentlemen, I gave you my word that I would draft Zeke first overall pick because I'm a Cowboys fan, and I love Zeke Elliott. But I'll tell you what. I bitched out. (laughs) I didn't draft Zeke Elliott. I drafted the one and only... Le'Veon Bell. Credit to you for opening up and being honest about the fact that you bitched out. Honestly, you know, the thing is, <laughs> people who listen to episode two about draft advice and say, wow, this guy's really all in on Zeke. Listen, I love my Cowboys. I love Zeke Elliott more than a lot of people in my life. <laughs> but, I mean, when Le'Veon Bell is staring at you in half-point PPR... And the number one pick, you got to take him. I'm sorry. It's a good stare. It's a good stare. He was staring at me. He said, look, he said, this is my last year as a Steeler. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking nasty. You know, I think you made the right pick. You think that? I think so. I don't give a shit. Because because we are the right pick. We moved to PPR, half-point PPR. Zick's not catching the ball. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't know that. What? The Cowboys, look, as a Cowboys fan, the Cowboys are going to need Zeke to catch fucking passes because they got nobody. As in, This offseason has been the worst offseason as a Dallas Cowboys fan as I can remember. First of all, we don't sign Dez back, which broke my heart because I love Dez. Second of all, we draft a new tight end, Rico Gaz, gets busted with marijuana because, you know, weed's the cool thing nowadays to do if you're... It's pretty new, actually. It's pretty Not new, that weed stuff. Yeah. I've never heard of it, but apparently people like it. And then, to top it all off today, we release one of the greatest Cowboys to ever lace them up, Dan Bailey. The second most accurate kicker in NFL history. And we release him because why? 
You tell me. Staubach, Aikman, Bailey. That's what I hear. Honestly, that, that might be it for the Cowboys franchise history. Dan Bailey's right up there. <laughs> and we released him. You know why? I don't know why. Because Jerry Jones somehow wants to fuck this team and thinks that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go on a rant about it because that's a whole other podcast episode of me talking about the Cowboys. So anyways, first overall pick, I pick Le'Veon Bell. So then after that, you can guess what happened. The top five went as they went. It went Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, and then Jake with the fifth pick, you picked Antonio Brown. Yeah. How do you feel about that pick? I, I feel okay with it because it had to. Um, those five guys were in their own class. And even though I, for the past four years, have always led with a running back, never mind my first two picks usually being backs, but Antonio Brown's on the board. There was too much of a gap between him and the next guy. Had to go. Yeah, that's a good pick because after that, you know, it's a real toss-up. So after Antonio Brown went Alvin Kamara and then Saquon and then Sousa with the eighth pick, after you saw Saquon Barkley go, I knew you were going to pick him because you were so high on him in our previous podcast. Yeah. Who did you take at the number eight pick? I looked at the available players. I saw all of the receivers, aside from Antonio Brown, obviously, were there. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham. And... I looked at them, they all looked glorious, they looked shiny, they looked fancy, but I knew how important it was to have a solid stud running back. And a lot of the top guys were gone, and although the wide receiver looked really dandy, I went safe with Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to be great. I think the Chargers are going to have a one hell of an offense, and I think Melvin Gordon is going to get... Uh, a lot of fantasy points. See, now, I'm a little drunk, but I could have sworn that you just said you picked Melvin Gordon at number eight. I picked Melvin Gordon at number eight. Now, I want you to tell me this. Why in the fuck would you pick Melvin Gordon at number eight over the guys who were there? Now, you're talking about Odell Beckham Jr., DeAndre Hopkins, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, all those guys are worthy of that number eight pick, but you decided to pick Melvin Gordon. What made you do that? Well, like I said, I mean, the uh, the wide receivers, like, they do look really nice, but the running backs, as we explained on last episode, are really more important. Well, the top running backs are really more important than the top wide receivers because they usually score more points. Now, let me explain a little more with that because Antonio Brown scored um, 200, about 260 points. I believe this is half PPR's uh, scoring at this point. Um, Melvin Gordon scored 260 points. You could argue that uh, Melvin Gordon is, is a perceived lower class of Antonio Brown, yet he scored the same amount of points. Melvin Gordon is, he, I think it's just the fact that they're running backs. They really mean a lot. And there were was Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. They were all available. But I just felt like Melvin Gordon was more of a lock for a better workload, a better offensive outcome. 
I think that the Chargers are going to have a strong offense. Where Melvin Gordon get a lot of touches, a lot of opportunities for touchdowns. Um, I just see him finishing better than Curry Punt, running full net, and Dalvin Cook. Melvin Gordon is a safe play, in my opinion. I think he's safe. I think eight, maybe a little high. I understand 14 teams, you want to get your running back, and that makes sense. One thing about Antonio Brown, yes, I'm biased, but he also was out for two and a half weeks last year. Um, but I, I agree. I think Melvin Gordon is a fine pick. Interesting to take him before Kareem Hunt for me, but um, to me, Hunt, Barkley, Kamara, uh, Fournette, Gordon, they're all in that same class. And it's just pick your poison, who you come through. So I don't, I don't fault you for it. So apparently Sousa felt the most comfortable with Melvin Gordon. Sousa, I'm sure you'll be back on this show because somehow you always find your way back. We're going to talk about Melvin Gordon in the future and what he does and if you made the right decision picking him over a guy like Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. I'm curious, why, why, why him over Kareem Hunt? Uh, Great question. Kareem Hunt is uh, playing for Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is known for, with Jamal Charles as well, for having these episodes of not giving your running back enough carries. Mm-hmm. Jamal Charles happened to Jamal Charles. Kareem Hunt has had games of nine carries. Nine carries again, 11 carries, nine carries, um, 13 carries. You need a guy who's going to get around 20 carries a game. Kareem Hunt is really good, but he also never played with Spencer Ware last year. Spencer Ware was hurt, giving Kareem Hunt the jump start to the lead back, and he was nasty. But now Spencer Ware is back. We don't know how he's going to factor in. Andy Reid can be an idiot sometimes and not give his lead back enough the workload that he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a little risk. I mean, he's going to be a, a top back, but I think Melvin Gordon actually has a, a better opportunity to finish higher than him. Uh, because he is a three-down back. Spencer Ware could be the third-down running back ball, you know, getting pass catches. Um, I think Melvin Gordon is all really they have. Um, and Phillip Rivers already has a rapport with the whole offense, especially Keenan Allen back and better than ever. I think they're going to be marching on the field, be at the, in the red zone often, and Melvin Gordon is just going to be there to, to get the touchdown. All right, so here's another question. Pick Melvin Gordon. Why not Leonard Fournette? Um, yeah. You bring up you bring up the carry workload with Kareem Hunt, which I understand. Sure. He's had games I, of the smaller think, carries. Yeah. But Leonard Fournette, last year in his rookie season, proved to be that workhorse back for the Jaguars. A team with a great defense. A team that's going to be a contender in the AFC this year to make it to the Super Bowl. I think that offense runs through Fournette, especially now with the loss of Allen Robinson. They don't have Allen Hearns anymore. The wide receivers are uh, kind of suspect. The quarterback is Blake Bortles. So take it as you will, but Leonard Fournette's got to be the most dangerous weapon on that Jaguars offense. I think the answer here is as simple as where PPR. I know it's half point, but Fournette's not going to catch any balls on the back. And Gordon's going to catch balls on the back. And then the one B to that is Fournette's had ankle issues. Yes. And I think if you're going to draft your first pick, and I mean, you can call it a stretch, you can call it not, but if you're going to take Gordon at eight, 
he's usually going a little bit later than that. If you're going to take four net away, you're taking a guy with some ankle issues in a PPR league that doesn't get receptions. So Fournette has a ton of volume, a ton of volume. He's going to get touchdowns. It's a solid offense that definitely agrees oriented around him. But I think, I think if he's going in the first round, he's going 12 in our league, the 14 team league. He's going 12 to 14. It's hard to get him any earlier. I agree. Uh, Fournette missed three games last year. Uh, one, he has two games. Um, one game on each side of the bye week. So really, you miss him for three straight weeks. He's out one week, had a bye week, out the next week. Um, like Jake said, he has ankle problems coming out of college. It affected him last season. Um, and I just think the offense is a little lackluster compared to the Chargers. And I think the Chargers will be have will have better opportunities overall. And like Jake said, Melvin Gordon is more of a pass catcher uh, than another former. All right, Susan, we got your reasoning from Melvin Gordon. Hopefully, as the number eight picky pans out for you. After that, the first round tops off with Hopkins and Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Keenan Allen going at number 13, and then Dalvin Cook rounding out the first round. So at the second round, Michael Thomas, and then our co-host, who is, uh, he's, he's moving a little bit. I don't know if he's awake or... Nah, he's fucking out. He picked Sousa's MVP of fantasy football, Christian McCaffrey. That was the first episode, right, that everyone heard? <laughs> you know what, Jake? Honestly, go fuck yourself. Listen, all right? I lost at that. I don't know what, the, I don't know what happened. Like I said, the computer was messing with me. But... The thing is, we got all the data for episode two. Hey, you know what? I don't blame you. If you see videos now on social media, it's like robots. And I don't know why people are fucking with robots, but those things could kill us. All right, first so, of all. you know what? I, I believe a computer could delete something. A little bit off target. You talked about robots <laughs> and stuff like that. Have you seen these sex robots? <laughs> what? Dude, people got some weird hobbies, man. Dude. These robots are thick as fuck with two C's. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I might buy one. Sometimes, you know, you're alone on a Friday night. Yeah. Nothing to do. That board, eh? I mean, I got a girlfriend, but she ain't no fucking robot, if you know what I mean. And a pretty piss poor right hand, right? And that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Sex robots are a thing. Honestly, if they want to be a sponsor for the podcast... I wouldn't mind. <laughs> we need to talk to those companies. Honestly. Get some ads. Yeah. Get a few bucks in the pocket. I, honest, I'd love it. I'd love it. Moving on from no sex robots. Ads, yeah, no no free ads. Moving on from sex robots. Um, so, yeah. Mason took Christian McCaffrey in the second round. His first pick was uh, Keenan Allen, a guy that he's had in the past, but unfortunately, with his luck, got injured a couple times. Of course, a lacerated kidney, send him back for the rest of the season. Here's a question. If you're him, now obviously you don't know that this guy's, these guys necessarily make the turn from 14 to 15. But if you're him, do you go receiver running back? Or do you potentially there, knowing that you're in a position to do so, would you go Fournette and McCaffrey with those picks and go running back, running back, and just have it set up for the rest of the draft? 
Because to me, for, I thought that was a missed opportunity. I thought McCaffrey after the turn was a fine pick at 16. I agree with Susan. He'll be great this year. Ton of volume, ton of receptions. But I thought Keenan Allen, yes, a very good receiver. But I think he's below the class of Brown, Hopkins, uh, OBJ, and Julio. And um, I, I don't see him as that far above a Michael Thomas and A.J. Green. So I almost think running back scarcity, go to RBs with those picks. No, I, de- I definitely agree with that. If it's me, I'm picking a running back in the first round yeah. uh, instead of Keenan Allen. Yeah. As you know, we look at it, Dalvin Cook was the pick after. Mason picked Keenan Allen. And then, of course, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Devonta Freeman was still up there. Um, I mean, to each his own. Mason picked Keenan Allen. He has a history with Keenan Allen. In the draft, you're going to draft guys that you like, guys that you have a gut feeling about. Uh, I'd love to ask Mason's reasoning about it, but like I said, he's uh, fucking gone. Yeah, one and a half beers will do it. Today, right? That will uh, do it. <laughs> right now, he is uh, <laughs> laying on his back. A little Mason update. Oh, he rolled over. Hey, we'll keep you updated on Mason throughout the show. He's, uh, he's staring at the ceiling. And uh, he's gone. He's definitely going to be back for episode four. But I just want to let you know who, uh, who the loyal co-host is of this, this fantasy football podcast. We're putting on a podcast after our draft at fucking 3.49 a.m. on the next day. If that ain't loyalty, then I don't know what is. Loyalty. But, yeah, going back to Mason's point of drafting Keenan Allen first round, I mean, Keenan Allen's great. But if it's me, because the running back position is so uh, scarce and it's not, you know, you need running backs to win. I think him taking Keenan Allen and then taking McCaffrey, it could work out. As Keenan Allen, you know, could be a stud like he was toward the end of the season last year. Christian McCaffrey is your RB1. We'll see. In PPR, he could be good. No Jonathan Stewart. Offense is going to be through, through McCaffrey. Cam Newton. I agree with you. The error doesn't come in those picks. I think I, I would have gone differently just because it makes the draft easier. But then, yeah. I mean, and we'll get to this, but, but you look at his fourth round pick, and that's where the error comes. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, We've talked about this wide receiver being so deep. Yep. I'm trying to get my running backs in the first two rounds, first three rounds. Yeah, I think I think you got to commit. Whether it's whether it's I'm going to be running back heavy, and I agree. I think I always have been a guy that likes to go running back. Yeah. I, I think regardless of the decision you make, you need to commit to I'm going to get the best talent out there, and then I'll figure it out from there. Especially in 14 team where it's like there's only so many great players that you're going to get, you're not going to have an issue of who am I going to start in yeah. 14 teams. Like, you have that issue in 10-team league. You definitely have that issue in 18-team league. But in a 14-team league, the best players you're getting, you're not getting too much position over. No. You're going to start. So, I, I agree. It's it's a situation where you've you got to get your best talent. If you can get running backs, you get them. But you've got to get the best talent out there. I, uh, I agree with you guys. Uh, since we're keeping the shit train on Mason's team right now, I agree with you, Jake. Um, I would have liked to go Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, those having Christian McCaffrey, I believe Christian McCaffrey would be great. Having him as my RB two is even better. 
Mm. Um, and he could have had that going in for now. He went Keaton Allen. It's a great pick. You know, he's going to be a PPR machine. Yep. Now that we're in half point PPR, yep. it should be much better for him. Um, but you know, having McCaffrey's number one is a little worrisome on the surface before the season starts. I mean, I think it would be great. But personally, if I was in that 13 spot, I probably would have drafted running back and McCaffrey. So I would have gone two running backs in that situation. Yeah, I think I think if you just look at this draft board we got in front of us, right, if he goes McCaffrey for it out there, that's why I'm a big believer in 12 through 14 with the best picks in, in, in this draft. Um, and if he goes McCaffrey right. for it out there, right, he locks up running back. Well, we'll talk about who he picked for his RB2 in the fourth round. But if he did that instead of Keenan Allen, the guys he could have picked from if he wanted to go receiver in that round include Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, Golden Tate, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Josh Gordon, Marquise Good. They all went in that exact same round after his pick. And, I mean, I'll spoil it, his pick in that round. Second pick of the fourth round was Tevin Coleman. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's right. After a draft of Brandon Cooks. Yeah, if you just look at it, that's an up. I mean, that's an upgrade. If you had a Fournette instead of Allen, and then you got um, Allen Robinson instead of Tevin Coleman, that's definitely a step up to me. Well, I mean, you know, this give and take. I mean, he's got Keenan Allen. Um, otherwise, he would have, you know, Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson as his wide receivers instead of Keenan Allen and Brandon Cooks. Um, so I think he has a stud in each position, rather mm-hmm. than all the studs in one position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll work out, and you know we'll have to see. Yeah. It's fun talking crap about someone who's drunk and passed out, yeah. especially in week zero. Week zero. Or any games yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not much you can say about it. So as round two concludes, now I have the return pick. Last pick in the draft, uh, last pick in the round for round two, and then the first pick for round three. It's a long wait. After getting Le'Veon Bell, it was long. But the thing is, I got who I wanted. I wanted to get Tyreek Hill. I've never had Tyreek Hill before. This guy is a touchdown waiting to happen. He might be the most explosive player in the NFL today. He's definitely one of the fastest players in the NFL. Uh, as his Twitter handle wouldn't lie, saying, I'm faster than Yacht. So, uh, yeah, good pick of Tyreek Hill going 28 in a 14-team league. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I I agree it's a good pick. I think it's an interesting pick this year because so many people look at it and they say Alex Smith was good with the deep ball last year, poured in a ton of touchdowns, and there's got to be some regression backwards toward a more normalized level of touchdown or efficiency rate, right? But at the same time, Alex Smith's Alex Smith. And, and yeah, he was okay with the deep ball last year, but that's not his game. Patrick Mahomes, he's known for being the guy that slings it downfield. Yeah. And you got two real deep downfield threats in Hill and Watkins in Kansas City now. And it's like, all right, you can't give all the attention to Hill. He's going to be slinging it downfield. And I, and I think that just speaks, I, I agree, to Hill being a, yeah, he'll have big weeks, he'll have down weeks. But end of the year, total points. I would not be shocked. I mean, in our league, wide receiver one is top 14. I wouldn't be shocked if he's top 14. No, I, I wouldn't either. Absolutely uh, not. Goes along with one of the reasons why I draft. And like I said, the explosiveness is there. The relationship with Patty Mahomes is there. Uh, as far as the preseason show, it looks like Tyreek Hill is going to be one of 
his favorite receivers. With Alex Smith, it was Travis Kelsey, which led to Kelsey's great fantasy success last year. But um, just good feelings about Tyree Kill. So then the third round, I return it with a guy who could be a candidate for breakout player of the year in fantasy, and that's Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs has all the talent. The question with him is, can he stay healthy? And how will he fare with a new quarterback named Kirk Cousins? I'm going to come with the commissioner here. And I think there was multiple wide receivers that went after that I would have rather have. I agree. Um, I'm curious. I, I like Amari Cooper better than Stephon Diggs. I like Adam Thielen better than Stephon Diggs. Um, uh, I think Landry, Hogan, they're all toss-ups. But uh, especially Cooper and Thielen, I, I like both of them better than Dix, especially knowing you had Tyree Kill, who's a big, high upside, and kind of boomer bust week-to-week, if you want to call it that, type of receiver. To have another guy that's a downfield threat, I felt like you could have got a little bit more security if you had a guy like Thielen rather than Diggs, even looking at the exact same team, where it's like, all right, this is going to be a slot receiver that week to week is going to have nine receptions, two receptions. The thing is that what really got me is the new quarterback change with Kirk Cousins. If Case Keenum is still the quarterback of the Vikings, you got to go with Adam Thielen because he was second in the league in receptions behind Antonio Brown. Kirk Cousins, we don't know what we're going to get. I feel like Kirk Cousins takes more chances down the field. Mm-hmm. That would be Stephon Diggs' role. I think Stephon Diggs' best season to date in his career will be this year with Kirk Cousins at the helm behind center because I think Kirk Cousins takes chances. Kirk Cousins like his talent and wide receiver. Adam Thielen should be great. Um, maybe not as good as last year, but I feel like Stephon Diggs out of the two will be better. That's just me, which is why I picked Stephon Diggs. As far as other guys that you mentioned, like Amari Cooper... Honestly, I'm done waiting on Amari Cooper. He's had the same quarterback for the past three years. We keep saying every single year, this is going to be the year Amari Cooper's great. Amari Cooper's this. Amari Cooper's that. Hasn't proven it. Sure, Michael Crabtree left town, so Cooper should be the number one option. But Cooper should have been the number one option for the past three years, and he hasn't been. So I'm going to need to see it to believe it before I pick a guy like Amari Cooper. That's fair. I, I agree. Um, with both takes, I, I, I agree with Jake because I would have taken a few receivers over Diggs like Amari Cooper. I would probably would have taken a Cooper, Cooper there. Or maybe even, honestly, Larry Fitzgerald. Especially because you have that high upside of Tyree Kelly. You need that safe floor with someone who gets crazy receptions like Larry Fitzgerald. I'm a proponent for Amari Cooper this year. I agree with you. We haven't seen it. He's been in the league for, what, three, four years? We yeah, haven't really seen it that really much. Year. Flashes in the pan, if that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I think this year, if Amari Cooper doesn't give it to me this year, which I think he will, if he doesn't, then I'm off the train. Um, but, you know, Stephon Diggs is a great talent. The health is the question. You know, I think it's a toss-up. He should be fine for the most part. Um, but, you know, with the number one pick to go all the way through 27 other picks to get Tyree Kill and Diggs, I think that's a success because they have Le'Veon Bell on top of it all. Uh, 
Um, I, I like those first three picks. And the thing is, uh, you bring up Larry Fitzgerald. Listen, I'm one of the biggest Larry Fitzgerald fans there is. But as good as he is and has been for the course of his career, new quarterback situation in Arizona. You're going to have Sam Bradford. You're going to have their rookie, Josh Rosen. Thing is, Larry Fitzgerald is great, but an offense that surrounds itself around David Johnson is frustrating as all hell when you're a Larry Fitzgerald owner. I owned Larry Fitzgerald two years ago when David Johnson had his big breakout year. They could have renamed the team the Arizona David Johnson instead of the Arizona Cardinals because it felt like every offensive play and every offensive score ran through David Johnson. Sure, Larry is great in receptions. You know, yards, he gets that, a touchdown here or there. He's going to have a few good weeks. But as far as, you know, another receiver to compliment Tyreek Hill, I'm going for the bigger upside. I think Stephon Diggs has it with Kirk Cousins at the quarterback rather than a Sam Bradford who's known to be a safe quarterback and then a rookie. I completely agree. Fitz is not – I didn't mention Fitz before. It was on purpose. He's he's not a guy that I thought – should have gone top thirty. I think he definitely has the potential to be, to be what he has been. I mean, age obviously is a question every year, but he seems to defy all odds in that regard. That's um, what I love about him. And his upside is volume. His upside isn't explosiveness where he's going to put up 150 yards and two scores like Diggs could in a given week. So that's why I, I lean more towards um, Thielen, who seems to be. Uh, on the brink of super, of being a superstar, and Cooper who could have a bounce back here. But I, I, I understand totally the Diggs pick, and I agree with Susan. I think it's tough when you have to sit for 27 straight picks and not have a single guy, and it looks like everyone goes off the board. Um, and I think Hill and Diggs are, I mean, very few people are going to complain about them being watched in one two. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the picks. Stephon Diggs' as wide receiver, too, is fine with me. I got Tyreek Hill, and then, of course, the first pick getting Le'Veon Bell. I was able to take more chances. Um, as we go further later in the draft, I don't really have an RB2 that's you know, consistent, steady. I picked Rashad Penny, taking a chance on him, the rookie. But I figure Le'Veon Bell would make up for any points that an RB2 wouldn't get. Um that's the thing. When you pick an elite player at the top five pick, you have leeway to go against and take guys that you could take chances on rather than playing it safe. Le'Veon Bell, I know what I'm going to get from him because he's one of the best players in the league. Right. I think wide receiver, wide receiver, after Le'Veon Bell, number one pick, Bell, is, uh, is a good way to go. Yeah, and I think it's an uncharacteristic way that people are thinking about it, but when you're in a 14-team league, um, and I don't think this happens as much with 12. Uh, in doing a little bit, a little bit of experience with it, it can happen. You you sit there, and very rarely you're going to feel very confident in both of your RBs and both of your receivers right. and your flex. So one of those guys is going to tail off. So you have to understand that if you have two great receivers you love, and that third pick happens to be a receiver, because in that pick. It made the most sense, the highest value, the best player as a receiver. It's an okay pick because he's going to be in your flex. And you just need to understand that, in theory, 
your flex is really your RB2. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think that, that speaks to your draft style in this draft. And I'd say my draft style in this draft, too, where it was my fourth best player is not a wide receiver. It's not one of my wide receivers or running backs. It's actually my flex. Yeah, see, see, that's the thing. And the thing is, Jake, with your draft style going wide receiver, wide receiver in the first two rounds, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind it. But the thing is, you see, where I pick Stephon Diggs, the next, be- next best running back is the guy that you took, Alex Collins. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having him as an RB2, mm-hmm. but I'd rather have Stephon Diggs as a wide receiver, too, than Alex Collins paired up with Le'Veon Bell. I agree, especially with your team, because you had Le'Veon Bell and you had Tyreek Hill. So yeah. in, in your format, it's I can I'm you're willing to go lower on that second RB because of the wide receiver talent in that section. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. I think the reason I ended up going wide receiver wide receiver is because my second wide receiver at pick twenty four was Devonta Adams and. I think a lot of people, not just myself, believe that he's a top 10 receiver this year. Um, never mind top, I want to say, 13 that he went in our league. So uh, I think at that at that pick, that the running back I would have been able to take is Jordan Howard in the half-point PPR, I think a very good player. But you're still talking about RB 12 versus potential wide receiver 8. And, and to me, it's like, all right, yeah, it stinks, but there's potential to make up value at the running back position with a receiving back late in a PPR league that you don't have in a standard league. And in this case, I thought, you know what, take the most talent you can get and, and figure it out later. I agree, it's 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 a not a great strategy. I'm not a big fan of it, but it, I thought it was the only way, the only route I had to go here no, uh, to save my draft capital. That, that's definitely a good point. When you talk about Jordan Howard, um, I was actually going to take him. In the second round, I mean, back-to-back picks. I saw Tyreek Hill was still going there, still there. But if Jordan Howard somehow fell to me with the 28th pick, I was going to take him and Tyreek Hill back-to-back, and I would have felt a lot better about my team knowing I had Le'Veon Bell and then a guy like Jordan Howard as my RB2, who would be an RB1 on any other team. And then, of course, pairing that with Tyreek Hill and the explosiveness. Like I said before, wide receiver position so deep. Yep. Whoever you pair with, you know, Tyreek Hill, Le'Veon Bell, and if I had Jordan Howard, then it would just be kind of like icing on the cake. However, I didn't get Jordan Howard. It happens. It happens. That's the thing in the draft. You're going to want to see a guy, and somebody's going to take him, and that's just that. It's the worst part of the draft. No, Jake, I, I like what happened. I mean, I don't like the trap that people set for themselves where they feel like they have to draft a certain position. Like, I have to draft a running back for the next week. No, that's, that's wrong. you, you got to draft the best value. And if it happens to be two wide receivers, even three wide receivers, like uh, I believe you did, right? Um, yeah, three of my first yeah. four. Yeah, three. Three of first four? Yeah, my, you got uh, Collins third, third round, right? Collins third round and then Tate fourth round. Right, okay, three or four. Yeah, so I mean, I, I like it. It, it's just so happened to work that way. You got Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams seemed to be the best value. I agree with that. Um, so you start off with two wide receivers to start off the draft. It, it happened. And um, in my situation, was another different possibility that you can start off with. 
and that is having a tight end in your yeah. second round. Yeah. yeah, but it's not just a tight end. It's, it's the tight end. The tight end. I drafted Rob Gronkowski. It further complicates your draft, though. And, and I like the Gronk pick. I think Gronk's a good pick. Um, he went 21 with your pick, and that's exactly what ESPN has valued at. Uh, and, and I think that that's fair. I mean, he's a wide receiver one, if you really think about it. Yeah. But it complicates your draft in the respect of later in the draft. Like, you're, you're one pick behind everybody in the wide receiver running back pool that wide receivers are pretty deep. But you're going to be like that next tier down on everyone, which isn't an issue because you're going to be a significant tier up in the tight end pool. Yeah. But but it's it's it does. You have, I think, taking a Gronk, you have to understand that you need to stay disciplined through the rest of the draft, yeah. and, and not get impatient. And I don't think you did. I, I think you, you fully understood that. And I mean, your next pick was stealing, and it was a type of wide receiver that you know is going to have just consistent volume. And that's smart, but um. That, that's what drafting a tight end early can do. Yeah, I um, I understand taking a tight end in round two, even those Gronkowski, really throws a wrench in your running back wide receiver picks, which is what everyone goes for the first few rounds. Um, I knew I'd be at a loss as uh, either running back or wide receiver. I ended up going uh, out of field with my third pick. So come the fourth round, in a 14-team league, we're looking at the 40 to 50 Four players that go 40 to 50 off the board. Um, I'm looking at one of them for either my wide receiver two or my running back two. And I ended up drafting Lamar Miller, my fourth round pick. I love um, and I like Lamar Miller, but I would rather see him as my flex rather than my RB2. Um, but since I drafted Gronkowski with my second round pick, he ended up being my RB2, and he's practically a must start in my lineup because of the guys I got. Um, I like it. I think I, it worked out for me, especially Thielen. I think he dropped to me, luckily, uh, because a few guys went before me that I didn't think would, like the Zach Ertz. Um, but that's just the name of the game when you got Gronk. But you got to understand that Gronk is, like you said, Jake, like a wide receiver one, if not a high-end wide receiver two. And uh, I have him in my tight end spot. What if I told you, though, you got Lamar Miller as running back 22? that make you happy because that's what you got he was running back I mean running backs everyone just took the pressure of I need a running back on my roster which is a fair pressure to succumb to in fantasy football but you got him as running back 22 the fact that he went after Ingram who I, I know was good but he's going to miss four weeks after Tevin Coleman after rookie Royce Freeman who has a ton of upside that you got to counter with your Melvin Gordon. The counter with Melvin Gordon, who's a top eight running back, easy, a superstar running back. You have Steady Eddie, Mr. Stable, Lamar Miller, and everyone thought he was going to be a superstar, but now that he's been revalued into a, he's almost been revalued to a point where he's undervalued. Because at running back 22, the guy I don't think broke 75 yards last year. But I think if you look at it every week, week by week, the guy ended up being in the fifth running back 15, running back 20 range. And you got him at running back 22. So to me, you, you outdraft the level. At the right value. Yeah, yeah it's a I, good value. I, I agree. Um, and I think, you know, with Deshaun Watson, he, he was really electric last year. Probably can't expect that every week in, week out. But he's a running quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. And when you have a running quarterback, it really enhances the running back ability because people got to watch out for the, the QB scramble or, or 
draw like QB design run plays. Um, Lamar Miller had a better chunk of the season with Deshaun Watson. And of course, Deontay Foreman was on the puff to start the season. Six weeks out, Lamar um, O'Brien already quoted Lamar Miller to be a three down back. Through, till, till, De till Deontay Foreman comes I don't think that was part of the quote, but. Yeah, might have been part of the quote. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Lamar Miller will be cool. Foreman looked good at like Very two sacks last year, so I'd be careful. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think he's a very safe pick to be my running back, too. I agree. And, um, and that, pretty, did we get to your fourth round pick, Jake? My fourth round pick was Golden Tate. Um, Golden wait, Tate. Let, me, let me interrupt you for a second. Because the way. we're already jumping the fourth round. I'm going to talk about something here that happened in the second round of our draft. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, what's this? Oh. So, um, I, I had mentioned last, oh, last week on uh, Sizzling Hot Takes that uh, if you see this man on your draft board, you don't want to take him. And his name is Derrick Henry. I believe you said if you see him in the fourth, fifth round. Yeah. <laughs> This is the second round. This person really took it to heart. So the thing is, <laughs> my dad, right? <laughs> my dad, Glenn Enos Sr. Sr. Listens to the podcast. Faithful listener, recurring listener. I'm not going to say, you know, <laughs> that like he takes our advice or anything. But he might be just as high on Derrick Henry as I am. I'm not going to say he doesn't. And he hasn't been invited to be a guest on the podcast yet. So I hope he hears this. That's true. He's probably going to be on soon. That's funny. You know, he actually called me and asked me, why the, give that credit. Took your boy. why the fuck is Mason a co-host of your podcast when he hasn't won shit? Honestly, Dad, I couldn't tell you. He's just the only guy who wanted to host a podcast with me. And right now he's passed out drunk. Has he rolled over yet? Nope. He's got a pillow on him and... Uh... Well, his hands aren't in his pants, so that's good. That's Honestly, that's pretty But anyways, in the second round, the mid of the second round, my father took Derek F. Henry. And the F is for fucking. Because <laughs> that's what he does. He fucks people. Hard. Non-PPR, too. Yeah. He would be a ton more valuable. But it's all right. Because I, I love Derek Henry. But in the second round, honestly... I'm going to say there's a little bit of spite. Because he knew that if Derrick Henry came back around when I had the double picks going into the third round, probably would have snagged him as an RB2 to compliment Le'Veon Bell. Do you really think he did that because of you? No. I think he likes him just as much as I do. Well, I think it's both those things. Huh? I, I think he likes him just like you do, but also knew he would never survive you having the turnaround pick. That's true. Back end of round two, front end that's true. So maybe a bit of a reach on Derrick Henry in the second round, but that's the thing. you got to know your draft, know what you're doing, and just stay calm. If somebody reaches on a guy that you wouldn't think, or a defense, or a kicker, or a tight end, you got to stick to your game. That's what we all try to do at best tonight, and I think we did it. Um, yes. I would have taken anyone who went after Derrick Henry over Derrick Henry, like Fonte Adams, T.Y. Hilton. In the running back core, in the running back position, is Jordan Howard. I yeah. think that's an easy pick. They went, 
because I think Derek Henry's ceiling is what you ex it's a little bit higher than what you expect from Jordan Howard. So to me, Derek, I like Derek Henry. I thought Derek Henry was worth more than his ADP going into the draft, but his ADP was maybe mid thirties. I don't have it in front of me right now, but maybe mid thirties, and he went twenty two in our draft. So so. I get wanting to have him on your roster, but just understanding the fact that he just doesn't fit into the draft slot you had. You know what I mean? Like you, he just that wasn't the right pick for him. And I think he, you think he will be good this year. But I agree. I, I think if he does everything you hope Derrick Henry does in that backfield, that's what you expect Jordan Howard would do. And you took him five picks ahead of him. Yeah. It's tough. I mean. Fuck, it's not our problem. That's no, it's another. not. But it's just, it's just something to point out. That's right. So like I said, you know, one of the tips we gave you last week was basically know your league. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to take a quarterback early. You don't have to panic. Somebody's going to take a defense early. You don't have to panic. Somebody takes a kicker early. You don't have to panic. The league is so deep between quarterback, wide receiver, not so much running back, and I learned that the hard way. <laughs> but, um... It's just, it's so active. I think, I think a guy like Derrick Henry, who has that potential to be an RB1, as I like to hope so, is a good pick to um, compliment the team that my dad had. He went Saquon Barkley in the first round. An unproven rookie who looks to be a fancy stud, but if he doesn't, who's going to be that RB2 to back him up? I think Saquon's volume in and of itself will, will make him RB2 minimum. Uh, I mean, you can get into a debate on you know, the line, it's pretty crappy. The offense last year was pretty crappy. I know they have a new offensive coordinator, you got a lot of weapons in the receiving game whatever, you know, what happened. That's the reason he's going in the first round. But um, I think just volume alone, yeah. he's an RB2. So I, I agree with you. It, it, it is a good compliment to have a, a high upside RB2 because if Barkley underperforms, maybe that guy overperforms, and all of a sudden, you know, you net, net, zero. And, and That's the, the way running backs work, like I said, I'd rather have two good running backs than two good wide receivers. And that's just me. I know some people would like to have wide receivers. And the thing is, I actually stacked up on wide receivers um, after drafting Le'Veon Bell for a overall pick. Um, of course, I mentioned Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, also picked up. Um, think of Marquise Goodwin, the 49ers, who has a good repertoire with um, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo so far. And then I picked up the suspended cheating Son of a bitch, known Stud. as Julian Edelman. Former Super Bowl champion Julian Edelman was busted. PEDs. Why? You know why? You need him. I think he's the only player in the NFL to use PEDs, too. I think he's probably the only one, right? No one else uses him? I don't know. If they have, they haven't gotten caught yet. Cole Beasley got caught. And, uh,. Not saying it's an interesting group that's been caught, but I'm saying it's not an interesting group yeah. that's been caught. I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, you like to draft Cowboys players, 
I'm not going to say Cole Beasley isn't the one to draft from the wide receiver core. He's not. But Alshon Jeffrey was busted. There's better options. Alshon Jeffrey. Mark Ingram was busted. Alshon Jeffrey along with Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman are going to be the guys that change fantasy teams. It's possible. For the better or for the worse? Both. I, I think... I think... But I, I agree with you that they're in one camp. And then a guy like Shane McCoy is in a different camp. Because I think Edelman, it's like you know Edelman's coming back in week five. Yeah. You don't know what weeks you're going to miss McCoy for. And the issue with a McCoy versus Ingram or an Edelman is an Ingram or an Edelman, you're spending pick 85, pick 65, pick 75 draft capital. To get Shady, in our draft you saw it, you had to spend pick 23 cap. And I was willing to pick him at pick 26 when I got Alex Collins just because he has so much upside. But at the end of the day, you don't know what, you don't know if he's going to miss weeks, and if he does, what weeks he's going to miss. And that's super, super dangerous for a guy you're spending one of your top two, three picks on. Yeah. So I agree that your pick, Edelman, uh, I'm not sure who took Ingram, but those, those two guys, those could really help push teams over the edge. But I think Shady, whereas he could he could give a guy a slight edge to the upside, he has a lot of vulnerability to the downside. Yep. No, I can't argue that. Um, of course, Shady McCoy. Sorry, Shady McCoy getting older. Um, you know, just turned thirty. We're gonna have to see if the lifespan of a running back affects him. I personally don't think it'll drop his numbers too much. But the thing is, the Bills' offense is so bad. Once other teams start to stack the box, start to stack the box against Shady, it's gonna to be tough for him to score. It's gonna to be tough for him to get points, even though the even though if the offense focuses through him, um, it's still gonna to be tough against some pretty good teams. And you can speak this. You had Zeke last year. So yeah. what's it like battling through a guy that you never know when, if, how? How long he'll be suspended? You just got to play in the moment. Like, he is on your team. Don't know what's going to happen, but you got to be prepared for it. With Zeke Elliott last year, I had the handcuffs, Alfred Morris and Rod Smith, because I knew if Zeke gets suspended, those guys behind that offensive line should still put up points if Dak doesn't as a quarterback. With other teams, it's different. Some handcuffs are more important than others. I think... The way Zeke's handcuffs perform on their own, like we've mentioned with Derek McFadden in the past, um, there's a bigger upside for someone that's like Austin Eckler for Melvin Gordon or James Conner for Le'Veon Bell. It's just, you don't... Like Buffalo you, doesn't have that, though. And Buffalo also doesn't have a good line. No. They have a bad line. <laughs> yeah. They have a bad line, a bad QB... Not a great receiving core. And I th- the thing is, with PPR, I think Shaden McCoy would catch more passes yep. out of the backfield. Because, yep. I agree with that. Um, you know, a rookie QB looking for check downs. Mm-hmm. He's going to look across the middle of the field to his tight end or one of his stud receivers. And I think, um, you know, it could work out. That was my concern with Shady McCoy. His, uh, mostly the team. Forget about the suspension, possibly. There's his age... You know, 30 years old, up there for running backs. The team's terrible. They got to go through him, but how much can he withstand? I mean, he he has these 
injuries out of nowhere. Any given week, he'll be down on the field for a play, and you think he's out for the season. Um, he can be banged up easily, especially if he gets a huge workload like he's most likely going to get. And how often are the Bills going to score? I mean, is he going to get many touchdowns? Is he going to get to the red zone and have those goal line carries? The team's not good, and I think I like McCoy, but the way you have to draft him, I think, isn't worth it. No, where you're gonna I agree. Him. I think at pick 23, or no, I'm sorry, where was he? He went 31. 30, okay, pick 31. After Diggs, Fitzgerald, Hill, Evans, Jordan Howard, I think at that at that pick, speaking to everything you're saying, that's where he should go. Had he not had any suspension issues, just just based on the fact of sure. his his offense around him is awful, yeah. his line is terrible, and he's older, I think at just based on that he should go at, at number thirty. And at thirty, he got picked at thirty one, but it's like that doesn't even factor in the fact that you might miss him for. Two, four, six weeks. Who knows what Cadell does? I mean, he just picks his own rules when it comes to that. Sure. And, and the team who picked him had um, Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. Jordan Howard, and then got McCoy. I think that's a, a you know a good spot to have. If you can have McCoy as a flex, I'm fine with that. I agree, but I think it was a very missed opportunity. I, and I know you guys loved the pick when it happened. And McCoy could pan out, and maybe he never gets suspended. But I think it was a very missed opportunity to pick a very high upside receiver like Cooper. Um, I agree. And, and all of a sudden, you got two very good backs. You got a very good receiver, and, and you you had the stability at running back to take the chance on a guy that not everyone's positive about, like Amari Cooper. And, and if he pans out, ends up being a top six, seven receiver. And and instead, his wide receiver one became Josh Gordon. Someone who's yep. very questionable. Yep. He said he will not start week one. Mm-hmm. Can still play, but won't start. Where his the most concern on Josh Gordon is his um, mental health. They, they want to focus on his sobriety more so than him being able to play football. But that's the team's wide receiver one because they drafted all these running backs first when he could have had like someone like Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, instead of LaShawn McCoy. And they, and they slowly, Cleveland slowly has become an offense with a handful of weapons. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not a lift to anybody that's been following the fantasy draft process or just football in general or hard knocks. But, I mean, Gordon, you got Landry, people who are high on Njuku out of college. You got Johnson, who gets a ton of looks. They have Hyde. They, they're probably going to want to rush Chubb a little bit, having drafted and spent some draft capital on him. So you have a ton of pieces there, and, and just looking at, I mean, we don't know what to say about Baker Mayfield, but Tyrod Taylor, he was never a guy that supported a wide receiver one. You know what I mean? He, he never supported that level of a wide receiver. So now all of a sudden, he's got a guy he can just feed like Landry. Yep. He's got a running back that he can just dump it off to. He always lived through Charles Clay as his tight end. So you think that a guy, and I like Tyrod Taylor, I do. And I think fantasy football, he's actually decent because of his legs. But like real football wise, supporting receivers, you think he supports a, a Duke Johnson, a Jarvis Landry, and a Josh Gordon. Never mind potentially a tight end who, who who's athletic and he likes to check down to. I think that's a ton to expect out of a quarterback like yeah. that. A lot of a lot of miles to feed in, in Cleveland and mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor and the Cleveland offense most likely will not have a high volume passing offense mm-hmm. to uh, to support all those mouths and. Um, you know, I think Jarvis Langer will end up having the bigger fantasy year I agree. of the wide receiver core. 
Um, and that's what the, our team, our league mate, ended up suffering by having Gordon as number one because he picked someone like McCoy as his third pick, as his flex. Um, you know, risk-reward. Let's see if it works out. We will see. And the uh, thing is, we can go on about the draft all night, but it is getting kind of late. I am uh, building off a little bit, pulling Mason Boyd. But, um, yeah, just a draft recap on our draft, how we drafted. We're going to come to you next week again, previewing week one, the matchups, uh, what we can expect, what we hope to see, what we hope we don't see. And uh, we're going to go from there. But I want to thank Sousa and Jake for joining us, obviously. And before we go, I want to see who was uh, one of the most, like, best picks that you think you made in this draft this year. Us personally. Us personally. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I think Adam Thielen for me was uh, probably my, my best pick because I really didn't expect to get him where I got him. He went after some guys that I didn't think would go. Most importantly, the very the guy who drafted right before me picked Zach Ertz before um, before my pick. And I really thought Adam Thielen would go, making me decide between like Doug Baldwin, someone who's suffering with a knee injury that could be reoccurring all year. I thought Thielen would go several picks before before mine, and I was able to get him as my wide receiver one, which I was very happy with. Otherwise, I would have been struggling with who the hell my first wide receiver would be. Uh, so I'm very happy with that pick, and I feel like I got lucky with him. Yeah, you kind of you kind of did, but it's all right. We'll let it slide this time. <laughs> Adam Thielen with that pick isn't bad. Like I said, we got to see the repertoire that occurs between him and Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't think he's going to have the same success as he did last year. Um, as Case Keenum was under center. Don't get me wrong, Alan Thielen keeps improving every season in the NFL. But somehow, some way, I just don't think he's going to be as good as he was last year. Jake, for you, yeah, who was I, the best pick that you made in this draft? I have trouble between two guys. One, um, a little bias that I'm proud of, and one that probably was my best pick. So the one that I have a little bias and I'm proud of is Golden Tate. And the reason I say that is because I had gone two receivers and a running back, and by all accounts, I needed to go a running back with my fourth pick. But I understood the fact that, one, I had a chance at getting Marshawn Lynch around the turn anyway, who was probably the best running back left over. And, two, I wasn't huge on Ajaye or anybody else that was left on the board. And I said, you know what? Golden Tate at 52, and his draft value ranked by ESPN, number five, anybody, was the high 30s. I was like, I can get him 12 picks later. I think he's the pick I need to take. So I was proud of the fact that I didn't just cave in and say, I need to have two running backs, need to have two receivers. The, the pick that I think I really am proud of, I'm uh, really happy with, and I think will be the difference maker is Chris Carson. I got him at RB 32 or thir- 31 or 32 in our league. And um, a lot of people have him RB 27, 26, 28. And I think that they've already said that he's a guy that can be a three-down back. He's that type. He's that style of a runner. He's very downhill. He's, he, he just is a very Seattle Seahawks type running back. They have a crap line, which kind of sucks. But I think taking him pick 80 in the draft, getting him in the sixth round, um, he easily 
could be a starter in, 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 in a fantasy league, and he's my RB3, so I'm happy with that pick. That's not a bad pick at all. Of course, um, you know, the Seahawks, since post Marshawn Lynch, since Poshawn Marsh, Jesus, I gotta go to bed. <laughs> since post Marshawn Lynch in Seattle, yeah. Seahawks have struggled to find a running game, a consistent running game at that. Mm-hmm. They're hoping that Chris Carson can be their guy leading into the future. Of course, the rookie, Rashad Penny, yep. a guy that I drafted as my RB2. I'm hoping for the upside and a rookie running back, hoping that he can become solid for the Seattle Seahawks and help me win another championship as my RB2. I think there's a world where they both operate and have fantasy-relevant seasons. I hope so. Uh, because I think Carson, um, now I didn't watch much of Penny. He's, uh, no, Freeman's the Oregon guy. I'm not sure where Penny went. But Penny, Penny, from what I've heard other people say that have looked at it and know far more than me, have said that he's very good not only as potentially being your quarterback but as being kind of a factor back, a guy that can just be that receiver type player and, and more of a third down back. So I, I look at it and say, you know what, it's not – Pete Carroll style. He tends to have one back he just kind of rides with. But there's a, there's a world where you see Carson first down, second down, and you see Penny um, on on third downs, and they're both kind of flex, flex type players. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's what they turn into by week four or five once Penny's kind of gotten his legs under him. Yeah, I mean, you can't ignore the, the, the draft cost. I mean, the Seahawks drafted Rashad Penny mm-hmm. in the first round, and you can't you got to take that into account because I think the fact that they're going to spend their draft capital on a running back like that, I think they're going to factor him in. Um, might not be as uh, prevalent week one, but I think Rashad Penny's going to be the dominant running back in Seattle. Um, whatever that means behind that offensive line, we'll see. But, you know, Russell Wilson being able to move the way he does will definitely open up some lanes for a running back. Um, and I think Penny will benefit the most. Respectfully disagree. Carson all the way. <laughs> the biases is are real. <laughs> Chris Carson, man, the guy was great in the two weeks he was around last year. Two weeks, he was great. Very, very small sample size, but he was great. Uh, as a free agent pickup, I give kudos to you because he was great. <laughs> but um, like I said, preseason, we don't know what the situation is for the RBs. I personally like Legarrette Blunt, a pick that was taken before me, just as a guy who can get the goal line carries. He can do a little bit of ground to prown in the second half when the Lions do have the lead. And um, just take the pressure off Dak. Uh, with no Des Bryant, you know, new receiving core, the pressure's going to be on for Dak to make the best throws he possibly can. Of course, that's his job. So he should do that. But, you know, I understand that some receivers are different. Cowboys don't have that much to offer from. And I don't know how you got started talking about the Cowboys, but we did. And uh, <laughs> Sub eight wins this year. It always no, that's not gonna happen. Yes, it will. No, it's not gonna happen. Mark my words. All right, okay, let's have a little debate about this one. Sousa, okay. Cowboys, how many wins this year? Um, I'm giving them eight at the most. So if you had to bet your life on one number, what would it be? Your life. Yep. Not having seen their schedule and not having done nearly enough work. What would you say? Your life. <laughs> I'll kill you. Right now. Eight. Eight. Okay, I go seven. I say they come in under 500. I say they... They've got an average quarterback, I a say stellar running back, and an unhealthy line. 
I say they squeeze in. <laughs> no way. The They're not card. making the playoffs, dude. There's no the shot. There's no shot they make the playoffs. You Especially watch. when the Giants win a division. Fuck you. Do they play the, the Bears this year? Because it's really going to hurt when the Bears beat them. They <laughs> don't play the Bears, actually. Uh, you're lucky. That would have been a loss. No. <laughs> Wouldn't have been a loss. <laughs> Damn. So right. the Vikings are making the playoffs. The Pack are making the playoffs. The Rams are making the playoffs. The Niners are making the playoffs. Even McKinnonless, they're going to make the playoffs. The Eagles are making the playoffs. And you're going to tell me the Cowboys are going to sneak into that. They're going to sneak in. There's a wild card team. Oh, who is the Oh, like... dude. This, dude, you got, the, you got the, the NFC South. You got the Saints. You got the Falcons. Trash. There's no way. There's Saints no way. are going to win the division. Cowboys Falcons are trash. Cowboys are. Panthers are. Bottom Whatever the battle. they are. I don't. They were a playoff team last year, but bottom honestly, I could see it going either way. Really? I mean, they're not like. I don't think they're that impressive of a team since they've made the Super Bowl. I feel like they've gotten worse over the past few years. Panthers will be better than the Cowboys. I think there's. I think the Cowboys making the playoffs is a long shot this year. I'm sorry. It might be. From all the shit that's happened? Yeah. I mean, I think they, they, they keep Dez, and there isn't an actual issue there. Like, assuming chemistry's fine, they keep Dez. I mean, Witten's not retired. You take last year's team, but just allow Zeke to play 16 games, and that team is a wild-card playoff team competing with, with Philly. But they've lost way too many pieces. And just haven't made the right moves along the way, and suffered some really unfortunate issues at at offensive line, and that was that was the core of that team, and now it can't be. So now you're just trying to be hurtful and hurt my feelings. No, I'm not trying to tell you that your fantasy team and the Cowboys won't make the playoffs. I'm just not not telling you that. First of all, my fantasy <laughs> team is gonna win the championship. Wow. Cowboys might make the playoffs. I say they do. They squeeze in as a wild card team, but it just might be biased. <laughs> but my fantasy team It's not not bias Is good Is it? It's actually not good It's great <laughs> Wow like Tony the Tiger? Like huh. Great <laughs> So yeah This was a uh, A draft recap We just wanted to pull something out Like I said It's Fucking 4.38am What are we doing up? I'm tired I have no idea Yeah Mason's Mason's uh, Selfish yeah, honestly, he is a selfish prick. Yeah, you know what we're doing right now? Me and Susan are taking our time out of our, valu- our valuable sleep time. That's right. Yeah. And we're giving it to your podcast. But, Glenn, I, I want you to know it's, it's for you. It has nothing to do with Mason. Because no. the fact that he's asleep in the corner over there See, I wouldn't lets ex- me know how he cares about the style of salad. Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be for Mason because, honestly, he's just uh, you know, a subpar co-host. <laughs> wow. You want to you get drunk? After you draft the team, yeah. when we go to a podcast to record, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Get drunk and then do the podcast. That's it. That shows you can't. That's what we tried to do, but now I've I've lost that state of drunkenness, and I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So um, shame on Mason. That wraps up a little bit of draft recap from tonight. It was an exciting draft. I love drafting a new team this time of year, mm. but uh, we're gonna be back. Recording episode four. It's going to be previewing week one. All the matchups. Of course, we got a stellar Eagles Falcons matchup on Thursday night. Mm, mm-hmm. Love that. You know, two teams I 
love. Atlanta gets to see the banner get dropped in Philly. Yeah, fuck them. They deserve yeah, it, dude. rubbing Atlanta's face. The biggest chokers that I've ever seen in any sport ever. And I've seen the 04 Yankees. Yeah, I was going to say, 04 Yankees pretty bad. But. They did choke. They didn't blow a 28-3 lead in the third quarter. No, no. They didn't do that. But there's been some pretty bad ones. Yeah, Golden great. State three years ago. Pretty bad. They had to add KD Bruins, just to even win a championship. The Bruins when they lost to the Flyers? Yeah. These are the Flyers. Yeah. Another bad one. I hope Mason hears that. That bitch who's asleep right now. <laughs> these are the Flyers. Definitely a bad one. Yep. Uh, Cleveland Indians rolling a 3-1 lead in the World Series. Yep. Another, another brutal one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, none comparable to the Atlanta Falcons. As a matter of fact, I hope they lose their opener as much as I don't like the Eagles. Speaking of Mason, Mason's uh, fifth year of school. Another year he choked. He's going on to his sixth year now. Yep, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty soon, you know. He's just going to. seventh year before yeah, we know that's it. it. You know? So Mason will be back for the next episode. He's not going to be drinking, which is good. So he won't be sleeping. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll preview week one. Go through the matchups, who we think is going to perform well. Um, but, yeah, that's that might be it from Stanford. Jake, Susan, anything else you want to say before we leave? What a draft. Mm, fun draft. Always fun to start a new year. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. We needed somebody else other than Susan because, honestly, I'm getting sick of Susan. He should either just, one, commit to being a co-host. Because right now... <laughs> <laughs> We've had more episodes with Susan on than we have with Mason, and he's the co-host. I'm just saying. I hope it's been a nice change of pace then for your co-host, not co-host. Yeah, it was all right. For for some fucking 4 a.m. fantasy football talk, you did all right. Oh, thanks. That's what I'm relegated to. I'm relegated to the 4 a.m. talk. That's it. That's nice. That's it. Next time no we come. Prime time here. Next time we come to Stanford, which is fucking never. Oh, yeah, you probably had a brutal time here, right? It wasn't fun at all? No, nah, it was fun. Yeah, this bar is pretty cool. It was fun. Probably the best part of this is that Mason is in the same room that we're recording this podcast. Yeah. yeah here, he hey. should be able to hear everything. But to be honest, not. though, the fantasy value of this would have been detracted from had Mason participate. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. yeah he, he would have been talking Maybe. about a sick Christian McCaffrey pick. Susan would have been saying, yeah, don't worry. That's your fantasy MVP, Christian McCaffrey. I don't McCaffrey, know if I said it, but I want to be he's known. white. I don't know if I said I want to be known. Mason picked... Tevin Coleman in the fourth round. Yeah, he picked Tevin Coleman. That's my co-host. You know what? Allen Robinson, Lamar Miller, Golden Tate. That's my co-host. He doesn't want the toilet bowl trophy this year. What does he want? That's a that's a toilet bowl pick. Tevin Coleman is Mason's RB two. Just happens to be the Falcons RB (laughs) two. He's the NFC South's RB like five or six. But he has the South's RB one possibly. But. He's still pretty nasty. It's uh, it's uh, you know, he can be nasty, right? right there. We don't know. It's fantasy football. That's why we play. It's, it's waiting for the unknown, and the unknown is coming up in week one. Jake, I'm facing you week one. Yep. It's gonna be some good shit. A rematch of the championship last year, and nothing I want more than to start your own zero and one. Yeah, especially since last year in the championship you lost, and I'm the one who got all the money and the trophy. But but yeah, no. I mean, See, that's weird because two years ago before that, I think it was you who lost to me. Yeah. So I think well, the, I had no business being in it, so it's like whatever. Yeah. See, it. the only reason I was in is because Robbie Gold carried me to the finals. Yeah, I just felt bad and like let you take it those two years ago. Yeah, that's okay. Because yeah, no, this year, you know, if there is a rubber match between us and the championship, 
you bet your ass I'm going to be winning that game. I'd love nothing more. You absolutely earned the first one, and I earned the last one. So well, you need a rubber match. You didn't earn shit. Cause really? You, uh, made a, you made a trade that shouldn't have happened. How is that even true? Everyone thought I lost that trade when it happened. Yeah, but the thing is, you didn't. I, I know I didn't. That's, that's what a good trade is, when, when everyone thinks you lose, and then you don't. Yeah, but... That's a good trade. It, that's like, hey, good see, job, the man. Thing, thing is, like, it shouldn't GM. have panned out as well as it did. Right. Fair. And it did. Yeah, well, and it makes me sick. Sucks for everyone else. And that's not going to happen this year. Well, everyone thought Ingram and AP were going to be good. But it was only turns Ingram. out Kamara. And Kamara was, was great. And I got him in that trade. And why am I saying Kamara when it's Kamara? Well, because it's Kamara. No. Kamara is a fucking arm lock you put in UFC. Is it? Uh, isn't that called Kamara? Kamara. So, again, you're just making up words? No. Mean? See, you're saying Kamara. Like, it's a fucking... Going back to real, like, sneaky picks, Willie Sneed, round 16, Uncle Rick. Interesting pick. Uncle Rick. <laughs> and that wraps it up for Stella Southern Podcast. We don't have to... We, that's a whole nother podcast. We talk about Uncle Rick. Willie Sneed? Oh, Uncle Rick, yeah. Yeah. He's just... It's, it's undescribable. But that's my uncle. What are you naming your team? I love him. They're, gonna be, they're probably going to be the commission's bitches again. Really? So, yeah. Okay. That's you want me to name it after my kicker, Harrison Bucker. Stick it in her Bucker. It's a pretty good team name. I'm not saying I didn't like it. Honestly, that's what we promote here on the Salisota Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Sticking it in her Bucker. I agree. You agree? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good team name. You're not, you're not coming on the show ever again. I disagree. All right, then. You might be on the show. All right, that's it. On behalf of me... My guests, Matt Souza, league champion Jake Fryer, because that's about it's the last time you're going to hear that before he comes on the podcast again. Probably the rest of the year. I'll hear it. Yeah. Probably win again. That's not going to happen. All right. Let's end this thing. All right. Thank you for joining us for episode three, a draft recap. We'll be back to you previewing week one, hopefully with Mason when he's not passed out drunk like a bitch. Guys, let's get the fuck out of here. I gotta make sure I save this before anything. <laughs>